Uh, Isaiah chapter 54, if you have a copy of God's word, turn to Isaiah chapter 54, and as I mentioned a moment ago, Luke chapter 6. Isaiah 54 and Luke chapter 6. Let me read verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 54. Uh, The prophet is, uh, God speaking through the prophet here, and he says this, make your tent larger, because we believe increase is coming in Jesus' name. So make your tent larger, stretch your tent curtains further out, spare no effort, lengthen your ropes, and then this is the part that we're really focusing on in these couple of weeks, and pound your stakes deep. Pound your stakes deep. We're talking about a a little bit of a theme for the year that will go longer than the 21 days And it's this, deepen the stakes. We just believe God is calling us as a church to deepen the stakes. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in uh, in, in these these moments here. But let's pray right now and ask God to anoint us. I'll ask God to to, to speak to us. I'm going to ask you to pray this. Pray, say, God, um, nothing is off limits. God, you can speak to me in any area of my life. Call, Call anything out of me that you need to. Can we pray that today? Amen. Let's pray it together. Father, in Jesus' name, we do just say, God, speak to us today. And, uh, and we, we, want to, we want to hear from heaven, and we submit ourselves. We just sang it. Help us not to be a people that would just sing lyrics that we don't mean. You can have it all, God. And so speak to us. Uh, challenge us. Change us. Move us. Whatever, whatever you're calling us, we're ready. We say yes in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody across all of our campuses said... Amen. Amen. Well, we are, as was mentioned, we are about uh, one week into a uh, 21-day season of fasting and prayer. A lot of people are doing a Daniel fast, which is basically no meat and no bread and um, no sweets and no smiling. That's the four (laughs) things. I'm just kidding. You're allowed to smile. I'm sorry. I use that joke a lot. because sometimes when you don't have the cheeseburger, it's hard to smile. Amen. That's how some of you are. Uh, hey, I encourage you, if you've not, maybe you didn't know because you were out doing holidays last weekend and you didn't know, it's not too late to jump in. You can do a 14-day fast with us. Uh, you could do seven days. You can, uh, but I would just, I'm just asking that you, you would just really let God do this in your life and go on this journey with us. That's what it is. It's a, it's a spiritual journey, and um, God is going to bring breakthrough in lives. God's going to bring healing in lives. Um, as you fast, we encourage you to have things that you are praying and believing for. Um, we do praise cards, of course, right, where people write praise reports of what God has done. We can't wait for the end of January. Those, we're going to have so many praise cards of everything that God has done around here. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And so uh, join us in that. A journey. Some people are doing that fast. Some people are maybe doing some media stuff. Some people are also doing, uh, uh, some of us are doing uh, a season of uh, just maybe liquid only in part of this as well, uh, and all total food fast. And so uh, different reasons of fasting, uh, different forms of fasting. Um, we have a fasting guide out there in book form. Also on our website has some stuff. If you've never fasted before and you go, I don't even know where to start, I promise those resources will help you and you can jump right in. Uh, Remember, Jesus didn't say if you fast. Jesus said when you fast. So Jesus thought you were going to. It's going to be awesome. All right. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. Um, In this same thought that the prophet Isaiah is talking about, right? Like drive your stakes deep because of what is going to happen. 
because of, here's what, here's what uh, the prophet was saying, if I could paraphrase. He's saying, because of what I'm going to do above ground, uh, stretch the, tur- the curtains out. Everybody's going to see the increase. It's, it's going to be wider. And because of that, you better drive the stakes deeper. Anytime God is doing more above the surface, then we better do have, have some depth below the surface. And um, that's the same thing, the same kind of concept that uh, Jesus is talking about in this parable in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49. He says, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Every one of you that cometh to me and heareth my words and doeth them, I will show you whom he is like. He's saying, if you, if, you, if you do what I say, let me show you what your life looks like. And then in verse 48, really our, our key verse of the day. He says, he is like a man building a house who digged and went deep. There it is again. Deepened the stakes. He goes deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well Builded. I like that phrase. It had been well builded. Verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man who built a house on the sand, on the earth, without a foundation, and against which the streams break. The straight away it fell in, and the ruin of that house was great. This thought that what is going on below the surface, and it's what we feel like we're in a season where. What is unseen? We want to emphasize what is unseen. Listen, I believe God is doing a lot in the, in the seen realm at Faith Assembly. And I believe 2023 is going to blow, I mean, it's going to blow people's minds and they're going to see it. People, I think people that don't attend this church, people that don't believe in God are going to see what God is doing at Faith Assembly. But in order for that to happen, Faith Assembly, we have to drive our stakes deep. There has to be something going on that people aren't seeing in order for God to do what people are going to see. Amen. Now, uh, I'm going to do a quick poll here, um, and it's going to be quick. I don't have a ton of time to get into this, but uh, we're about midway through the uh, NBA season right now, and uh, LeBron James is in his 47th year of the league or something like that. He's been in the league forever. And there's always a debate going on. I just want to do a quick poll um, that who's the greatest of all time. Some people say it's Michael Jordan. Some people say it's LeBron James. Okay, so we're just going to do raise your hand. Raise your hand if you think LeBron James is the greatest of all time. All right. Some of you. Thank you. All right. Raise your hand if you say Michael Jordan's. Oh, my people. Come. Give me a hug. All right. Wow, I did not expect that response. And there's some, there's some young people that are angry right now at that response because they didn't see Michael Jordan in his prime. Now, here's the thing. Overall career, yes, LeBron's done it longer, didn't take any years off to play baseball. Uh, so yes, his numbers, his stats, all that. That's what Michael Jordan did. Uh, but as far as in their prime, best player ever, Michael Jordan. All right, we agree. All right, but I'm gonna quote LeBron James. And uh, this will be probably the first time I've ever quoted LeBron James in a message. And it'll probably be the last time I ever quote LeBron James in a message. A lot of things he says, I don't know if I really uh, connect with, but uh, it was actually, there's a commercial that's out for this particular workout equipment, and he said something that, uh, I mean, whether or not he came up with it, but he said it, and uh, it resonated with me. He said, you think, you think strength is a gift? It's not. He said, everything you've seen me do was made possible by what you don't see. Can I say that one more time? 
the prophet LeBron James. He said, the things that you have seen me do was made possible by what you don't see. This is the same thing that Isaiah was saying. This is the same thing that Jesus is saying. There are some things that are, that are gonna be, that, that people are gonna see you do and it's gonna be made possible by what the people didn't see you do. People are gonna see you, uh, you do great things for God and think that it's somehow your gifting or somehow your strength or somehow your knowledge or somehow, well, it's because the great church you go to. No, no, it's none of that. It's because there's some things going on below the surface that nobody sees. There's a devotion, there's a hunger for God that is deep within. This is what Jesus is talking about in Luke chapter six, that there's storms that are gonna come, but the person who listens and actually does who actually does my words and actually lives out my words, when those storms come, uh, the, your house will stand. In that, in that uh, verse 48, there's just kind of three things that jumped out to me. One of the things that jumped out to me in verse 48 was this. We're not, we're not called just to build. We're called to build well. Remember that phrase that said, because that house was well-builded. It's not how we would normally say it, but I like that. It's, it was well-builded. We're not called just to build. We're called to build well. And when I was thinking about that concept of building well, um, I was thinking about like back in elementary school, I remember hearing about this, uh, this building project that happened. Most of you have heard about it as well. It went all the way back. It started in, in the year 1174, so a long, long time ago. But uh, um, an architect by the name of Bonanno Pisano uh, was designing uh, what became his most famous structure, his most famous project, an eight-story bell tower to go outside of the cathedral in the city of um, in the, in the city of Pisa, uh, and it's the uh, it's the what's known now as the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You ever heard of that Leaning Tower of Pisa? Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I maybe you're like me. When I was in uh, elementary school, when I was first hearing about it, I thought it was the Leaning Tower of Pizza, right? right? Which I would be down for right now here halfway through the fast, right? Give me a leaning tower of pizza in Jesus' name. Uh, but it's not. It was, it was uh, meant to be a bell tower at a cathedral in the city of Pisa. And uh, as they start construction, they notice right away um, as they're, they're building this 185-foot tall uh, structure, tower, uh, they, they discovered that the soil was much softer than they had anticipated and that the foundation was too shallow to adequately hold the structure, yet they continued. And then over hundreds of years, that tower just kept leaning and leaning and leaning and leaning. And fast forward to December of 2001, it was reopened after it had been closed for almost a dozen years. Why was it closed for a dozen years? Because they had to go in and spend like $25 million to rebuild that foundation, to strengthen it, to literally lean it. It's not leaning as much as it used to be. So if you visited it before 2001, you got to see it leaning. But they corrected almost all of it, 17 inches. They moved it back up uh, to, to the, to the straight, uh, to make it straight, uh, and it spent $25 million. Why did they have to do that? Because it was not built well. It was just built. And here's the thing, church, we're not called to just build a life. We're called to build life well. We're not called to just build a church. We're called to build the church well. We're not called to just build a ministry. 
There's a lot of ministries that just get started and might have some, some, some show and might, it might be, people might see things going on in the ministry, but there's nothing, there's nothing going on underneath the surface. What happens to those ministries most of the time? They crash. Why? Because they're not built well. We're not, called, we're not called just to build. We're called to build well. We're not called to build a good 2023. No, we're called to build it well, to, 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 to imp, imp, have the right things going on in our life. How do you build well? It comes down to your own personal, not how much you attend or don't attend. It comes down to your personal relationship with Jesus, your obedience to his word. That's what he said. He, when he was talking about this house that's well built, he was saying, let me show you everyone that cometh to me and heareth my words and does, and, and, and does them. Those are the ones who are building well. And so as God speaks to us, even in moments like today, as God speaks to us about maybe going deeper, about maybe making this, this, this thing, this, this, our version of Christianity, maybe adding some depth to it, adding some substance, adding some parts to this that no one ever sees. Because if my relationship with God is mostly what everybody else sees, then I'm, I'm set up to fail, I'm set up to fall. But I want parts of my relationship with God to be things that nobody sees. The commitment and the depth and the prayer and the hunger for God, things that, are, that, that, that aren't seen by everybody. That's what we're emphasizing in our life. We're not called to just build. We're called to build well. Another thing that jumps out to me in verse 48 is this, is deeper isn't always the easiest. To, be, to go deep, it's not the easiest. I mean, I could probably get more amens and more shouts if I just preached some easy stuff. But listen, if, 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 if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy... God would, listen, God's calling us to do something that may even cost us something. There are plenty who profess a, a version of Christianity that includes not the rock. There are plenty of people who, who profess a version of Christianity, but they've never drove their life down deep into who Christ is. It's easy to profess him. It's a different thing to possess him. Right? It's one thing to say, well, I love Jesus. It's nothing to have Jesus kind of in control in your life. Everything you're doing, it's based on him. And so a lot of people run around and they're building their life on sand. That's what Jesus talked about. Building their life on maybe material possession, on how much I can get, or working so hard and constantly just trying to get more and more and more, and it's just never enough. Have you noticed that yet in your life, that you keep getting more and more, and it just makes you want more and more, and the, the bigger house you have from the last one, but now you feel like you need a bigger house, and the car you had is not nice, and you gotta get the next car, and then someone else gets something nice, so now you gotta get something nicer than that. It's a life built on sand. And that's easy. That's the easy way to do it. It's easy to build your life on pleasure. Just running around, just trying to do whatever makes you feel good. Trying to find whatever thrill. Trying to get into whatever kind of flirtatious thing and whatever kind of affair. and Trying to get into this one night stand just to try to satisfy the flesh. That's the easy way. But God's not calling you to the easy way. God's calling you to a life of depth. A life, a life of commitment. Not a life of self-righteousness where you, like kind of some, sort of, some sort of virtue signal, right? Some of us get involved in certain causes so that we can feel good about ourselves and go, well, see, now, now I'm a good person. No, it doesn't matter what kind of person I think I am. What matters is, is my life driven deep into the rock that is Christ Jesus. Deeper isn't always the easiest, but deeper always pays off. 
And I get it that some of you maybe are not uh, confrontational types. Maybe some of you aren't fighters. I would say, I would, I would put myself in that, in that classification. Maybe I'm not a fighter. It would take a lot for me to just get in a full out fight. Like it'd be a lot of provoking would have to happen to me before I'd be like, okay, let's go. Like there would, there would be a lot that would have to happen. But listen to me. We can't let that carry over into our spiritual life. So I'm calling everybody at Faith Assembly. I'm calling us to a war. I'm calling us to a battle. A war, listen to me, a war against casual Christianity. A war against comfortable Christianity. A a, a war against convenient Christianity. That's not what we're called to do. A a war against a partial partial pursuit after God. No, we're going to find God when we seek him with all of our heart, Ezekiel said. So there's no partial pursuit after Jesus. There's no religious ritual. We're we're calling a war against religious ritual. A war against half-hearted hunger for God. No, we're going to find a hunger and thirst for God. As we go deeper in him, calling you to a a bit of a war. And is that the easiest? No, that's a difficult season. War and battle, that's difficult. But deeper is never the easiest, but it's always worth it. The other thing that jumps out to me from verse 48 is this, is you can always depend on depth. Depth is always dependable. Look at verse 48. When a flood came, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it. You can always depend on depth. How many wave at me real quick from all of our campuses if you've lived in Florida your whole life? Wave at me, you lived in Florida your whole life. All right, some of you. So let me tell you something, uh, you Floridians, about something that you don't know anything about. <laughs> Growing up in the Midwest, we had these things called basements. Yes. And uh, they're awesome. I mean, basements are the best. And uh, they don't have them here in Florida. I'm working on that. I've got a meeting with the governor this week. Uh, I'm just kidding. But I can remember being a kid growing up. My mom and my sister are both here, so they would, of course, remember these, these moments. But uh, I can remember growing up in the Midwest, and they had tornado sirens. Uh, tornadoes would just pop up. Like, it wasn't like when, when, we, when we face our hurricane battles and we know we got like two weeks to, to, to worry about it. You know, tornadoes, you had about 20 seconds to think about it, right? They just popped up and they were there. And, and I can remember it would be these bad thunderstorms and um, my mom could see a tornado in every cloud. Like, she was ready to go to the basement at any moment. Uh, but when those sirens would go, that would be the moment. It would be, everybody would do it. Everybody would just go to the basement. Or sometimes people would have a, a tornado cellar. It's just a straight up, just out in the field. Just this door that popped up and you just went down there. And when you got down there, it was amazing. When I was in the basement, I felt safe. Because I just, something I just, maybe it's because everybody else had got me convinced of it, but you could always depend on depth. And the same is true with your depth in Christ. That's why we're, that's why we're kind of coming against this, this shallow version of Christianity because we want to be able to depend on the depth. We want to be able to, to depend on, we, we don't know what's coming our way. And without depth, there's no dependability. So here's, here's what, I'm, what I would be saying. Like, the deeper you go in prayer, the more you can depend on peace. 
That's why God's calling somebody to prayer because you have no peace in your life and you feel like, you feel like you're, you're just uncertain and you're just, there's anxiety and there's fear and there's worry. And God would say, if you'll go deeper in prayer, then you can have, you can depend on my peace. Matter of fact, Philippians says it this way, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, hold on, when I just said don't be anxious about anything, some of you said, well, that's impossible. Well, it is impossible unless you keep going. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then what happens? When you go deep in prayer, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you go deep in prayer, you can depend on peace. When you go deep in the word of God, you can depend on wisdom. Yeah, when you decide that maybe I'm gonna start this year going deeper in the word of God than I've ever been. I'm gonna, I'm gonna schedule a time and read some of the word of God and put it into my life every day. I'm gonna get involved in a, a devotional. Is it the easiest thing to do? No, it's not the easiest thing to do. But it's worth it because when I go deep in the word of God, I can depend on his wisdom. And then I start to face situations that took me out in 2022 and all of a sudden I have the right answer for now. Now I know how to handle the situation going on at work. Now I know how to handle the situation going on with my family. And some of you, you're going to be surprised. You go, why did I, why did I just say that? Sometimes people, people come back and quote me on things I have said that sound really good. And I, it'll sound like, it sounds like the first time I've ever heard it. I'm like, are you sure I said that? And I'm convinced that if that moment is true and if that moment happens, it's because I've gone deep in the word of God and there's going to be wisdom that comes. Proverbs chapter 2 says, for the Lord gives wisdom from the mouth, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. You go deep in the word, you can, you can depend on wisdom. You go deep in devotion, right? You decide to go deep in your devotion to God, you can depend on his direction. Direction in all areas of your life. God is not compartmentalized. God does not only give you spiritual direction, but if you'll be devoted to him, go deep in devotion, you'll have direction in all areas of your life. The question of when should I start the new business? Should I jump out in faith and start this? And should I quit my job? Or should I take this other offer that's come my way? Or should I get married to this person? Or like these kinds of directions come from a, a, a place of devotion. You go deep in devotion, you'll get direction. I'll even say this, you go deep in giving, You'll, 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 you'll be able to depend on his provision because God provides. And so as we go deep in our, in our giving and maybe even go beyond what we've done before, when we do that, when we go deep in giving, you can depend on his provision. You go deep in priority. I love this. When you go deep and make God the priority of all of your life, you can depend on passion. Why, why would I say that? Matthew chapter six, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you. When you go deep in priority, you can depend on passion. Psalms 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, as I go deep, delighting myself in the Lord, deep in making him the priority of my life, he puts desires in me. So you go, why don't, I, why don't I feel stirred up and why don't I feel like I want to pray? Why don't I feel like I want to fast? Well, partly that's because of your flesh and when you get in there and start doing it, your flesh starts to get weaker, your spirit starts to get stronger. But when you de decide to delight yourself in the Lord, then those desires will start to come. God desires, desires for God. Why? Because we went deep in priority. You can depend on passion. And deep in conviction will bring you great clarity.
When you say, God, I'm going deep in my convictions. God, I allow you to speak to any area of my life. I allow you, God, to change any, anything in my life. Psalm, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter five says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Right? Depth and conviction bringing clarity in what I see. Romans chapter 12 says the same thing. God is good. I beg you to offer your bodies to him as living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like the people of this world and let God change the way you think. But if you'll present your life pure and pleasing, it goes on to say in verse 2, then you'll be able to know and do everything that, that is good and pleasing to God. Depth and conviction. I mean, I'll say it the opposite way. When I have no convictions in my life, when I have no standards in my life, it's really tough for me to see what God's doing. Which is why you see so many false teachers out there. You see people saying things that God is doing and saying things that the word of God says and you hear it and you go, well, that, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's not right. Because there's no depth of conviction, there's no clarity. And when there's depth in worship, when there's depth in worship, there will be a great, you can depend on the awareness of the Holy Spirit. I believe God is calling us to a season of, of a depth in worship. The kind of depth in worship where we put aside whatever, whatever would keep us uh, from, from worshiping God without any other distractions. Maybe, maybe some of you need to kind of forgive and forget the, work, the, 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 uh, the fight you had on your way to church today. And it consumed, your, it consumed your mind during worship time. Maybe, maybe the other problems and you, go, you can't even really focus because you're just so worried about this and so focused on that. But when we go deep in worship, the reason why God would call you deep in worship is because then there's a greater awareness of his presence. The Bible says he, he lives in the praises of his people. Come, let us bow down in worship, Psalms 96 says. Let us kneel before our Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are his people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Look at that intimacy that comes when we worship. Is anybody ready to go deeper, church? The reason why God would call us deeper is because of what's gonna be tied to the stake. Like this, this is the reason why we call for depth. What goes on under here is gonna hold this. And I believe that God is going to do amazing things above ground at Faith Assembly, I do. But the only way it happens is if we go deeper here. I believe God's gonna do amazing things in your life. Yes, you're a part of this church and so it's gonna be corporately, yes, but I also believe individually. I believe that God's going to bring about new, uh, new ministry. I believe God's gonna bring about new opportunity, new influence. I believe that blessing is coming your way if you can handle it, if everything God brings, if there's enough depth. So would you stand to your feet all across this place? And I want us to go deep in prayer. I want you to begin to pray, even right now. Maybe touch somebody around you. Because if we go deep in prayer, we can trust, we can depend on his peace. So I want you to begin to pray right now all across this place. Pray for what God is bringing to your life. Pray for what you're believing for. Come on, I know some of you go, well, I, I'm not used to this. I know, we're, we're talking about things that we've not done before. We're talking about things that aren't comfortable. 
We're going to pray for, for greater blessing on our lives. We're going to pray for our kids to, to come back to Jesus. We're driving the stakes deep. We're going to pray that we would develop a, a hunger for, for God, that we would pray not just at church, oh no, but we would find, we would find our place of prayer, that we, would, that we would get shut away in our house and find a place of prayer. Come on, pray that your, that, that your prayer life would take root and that there would be development there. Somebody in this room, we're going deeper. We're going deeper in our, our, our passion for Jesus. We're going deeper in our, our life of prayer. Somebody, come on, let's pray that we would go deeper in the word of God. Because if we go deeper in the word of God, if I'll set aside time and begin to study, if I'll get in that class, then I know that I'll have wisdom in my life and there's some things that I'm facing. There's some things that we don't even know what 2023 will bring. You need some wisdom for whatever we're gonna face, but also for what God, the kind of influence that God is gonna give you. Come on, let's go deeper, church. Deeper in the word of God. Drive the stakes deep because of what God's gonna do. Deeper in our priorities. God, we just, we just pray any other thing that has come in above you, we just, we drive the stakes deep right now. You are our priority, God. And as you are our priority, we can depend on the passions of our life. Addictions are gonna break as you decide to drive deep. The stakes have to go deep because of what God is going to do in your life. The platform, the, the ministry opportunities, the influence, the people that you're going to, God's gonna use your life to reach if you'll go deep. Family's transformed. Oh, he wants to turn your family around and everybody's gonna see it if somebody in the family decides to go deep. Somebody's gotta go deep. Come on, lift up your hands to heaven right now and let's pray. Matter of fact, let's do this. Let's go deep in our worship. Come on, all across this room, across all of our campuses, let's just go deep in worship without a song even. Come on, lift your voice and say, God, God, I worship you. Take me deeper. I'm tired of shallow living. I'm tired of above the surface. I'm tired of just what everybody else sees. Living for the praise of men. No, God, I want to live for the praise of God. And so I worship you. I worship you. Come on, for a few more seconds, church. Begin to worship. Picture that stake being drove down deeper in your life as you depend on the, the awareness you have of the Spirit of God as you worship. Come on, let's sing it together. Worthy is your name, Jesus. We worship you. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. I believe God's going to do some, some deep things in these few moments Jesus. right now.
take us deep, God. That we would not be a people that just talk about depth, but that we would be a people that pound the stakes deep. That we would be a people that don't just depend and and look for the, the easiest path, but God, even if it means some resistance, driving into a, a rock, Lord, we, we're yours. Deep-rooted followers of Jesus. With nobody moving, this is just such an important moment. But there's a man named Michael Plant back in 1992, and he uh, was, was going to do a, a solo sailing across the Atlantic. And uh, as he was doing that, he had done it many times before by himself, and, and, but he had a new sailboat. The sailboat was called the Coyote. It had all the gadgets, all the um, tools, I mean, technologically advanced like no, few other boats in the world. And he gets in and he, and he goes on this solo sailing across the North Atlantic. And uh, he has a team following by satellite. And uh, as he goes, the storm hits and they lose, uh, they lose connection with him. But the team's not really that worried about it because they're like, uh, he's fine, he's done this before, he's an expert yachtsman, everything's gonna be fine. Well, a few days go by, they still haven't heard anything from him. Finally, they start to send out search parties. The U.S. Coast Guard's going out by helicopter and by boat. And during one of the searches, uh, the, a helicopter sees the coyote, but it's completely upside down. Those sailboats are really, really tough to, to capsize. Deep, deep uh, uh, keels and their rudders always uh, keep them up, upright. Very tough to capsize. This one was. Never found Michael Plant. He ended up passing away in this accident. And as they took the boat out and started to study it, they they realized what the real problem was. That for all of its gadgetry, all of its equipment, all of its technological advancement that was up there on uh, the the, the deck of the boat, amazing stuff, but it was so much equipment, so much weight, and there wasn't enough weight below the water to sustain it. Plenty to see up here, but not enough depth here. And because of the weight above the waterline was greater than the weight below the waterline, tragedy happens. That's a warning for us, church, because there's plenty for people to see. And we as a church, we as individuals, we will not let the weight above the waterline be greater than the weight below the waterline. We're going to drive our stakes deep and be deep, deep deep-rooted, deep-seated followers of Jesus.